So where are we at today? You guys already know the title this morning's message. You guys remember? A house filled with old and new. That's where we're going this morning. I know we just prayed for Pastor Matt. We prayed for all the other things. It's habit. I got to do it. I'm going to pray over myself, pray over each one of us, that we have ears to hear what the Spirit wants to say to us. I love that as I'm kind of using this old and new, you guys greeted somebody who is older than you, hopefully, and someone younger than you. There might be the oldest person in the room. You couldn't find somebody older than you. I get it. The youngest person in the room, I don't know who that is. There's some young kids in here. Um, but the idea is that God wants to speak to each one of us. And so I am believing that if you are hungry, you're going to get fed today. If you don't want the word of the Lord, man, I've been there, done that. I've been in those pews. I grew up in this church. I've been in those pews, and I got nothing out of the message. I'm just being honest with you. I've done it. And I've been sitting in those pews where, man, I was rocked. And God was speaking to me, and I was a weepy mess. I don't know if we're going to be weeping or we're going to be rejoicing today, but I'm praying that we get something. I love that Jesus says it in red letters, right, that man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeds from the mouth of God. And so I'm going to pray that God speaks through me, and even if I say something that's like foreign and strange and weird and I'm messing it all up, I love that the Holy Spirit can even interpret my words and somehow change them as they're leaving my mouth and going into your ears and make them what they need to be in your ears. Does that make sense? So let's pray that we all have ears to hear what the Spirit has to say. So God, I thank you that your word is living, it's active, it's sharp. God, it pierces things, God. And so I pray that your truth and your light would pierce darkness. God, where there's clouds, where there's gloominess, where there's doubt, where there's despair, where there's fear. God, that your word of truth would pierce those things, God, and bring life. God, I pray that your words of life would go forth today and that we'd grab a hold of them, that we would live by your word today. God, may you transform us. God, may there be a renewing of our minds today. So God, we present ourselves to you. Feed your sheep today, God. May I be a good shepherd and a good vessel that your words can flow through me in a mighty way. In Jesus' mighty name, amen. All right, so we're talking about a house being filled with the old and new. I'm talking about this house. This is a house, right? A sanctuary, I'm talking about your house, your own personal house, whether you're online with us, your very house. I'm talking about this temple of the living God, right? You are a house where the Lord dwells. So I'm saying that in this house, in your personal house, in your very bodies, there should be things that are filled with old and new. Why am I saying that? Let me give you the verse for this morning's message. It is found in Matthew chapter 13, and I'm going to take it specifically from verse 52. Um, before I even read that Matthew 13, 52, you can start opening your Bibles if you want. If you realize 52, that's a long chapter, 52 verses, and that's not even close to the end. Um, but in this chapter, I want to give you some context. Jesus is giving tons of parables. He's talking, he's talking, he's talking a lot, and he keeps sharing these things in parables, these stories, these truths that are wrapped up in things that he's trying to make it, he's trying to reveal mysteries of the kingdom of God. And so he says the kingdom of God or the kingdom of heaven is like this. And he keeps explaining these things, and most of the time, not everyone gets it. In fact, most of the time, his very own 12 disciples that he picked didn't get it. In fact, in this chapter alone, he goes through seven parables, and after every parable, he either asks his disciples, did you understand? And they said, no. Or he would explain a parable, and his disciples afterwards would say, Jesus, can, can you explain that one to us? So seven times in this one chapter, I mean, it happens way more than just this one chapter, right? Jesus tells parables throughout his three years of ministry. But in this one chapter alone, seven times Jesus is giving parables, and the disciples that God picked himself, Jesus picked himself, didn't get it. I don't know about you, but I enjoy that, that fact, that Jesus' handpicked disciples didn't always understand everything Jesus said. 
thank goodness there's, there's room for me to be in the kingdom. Because <laughs> I don't always understand. Every time I read God's word, I don't understand everything the first time. Sometimes I've got to study. Sometimes I've got to learn what it means. And that's our first point, actually. Our first point for this morning's uh, message is that we have to learn, right? We learn the old and the new. So if you're taking notes, I told some of my kids they should be taking notes. I'm waiting. All right. So very first point, we learn the old and the new. We learn the old and new. And so let's read Matthew 13, verse 52. It says this. He said to them, Jesus, talking to his disciples, Therefore, every scribe who has become a disciple of the kingdom of heaven is like the head of a household who brings out of his treasure things that are new and fresh and things that are old and familiar. Okay, so what is Jesus talking about? Maybe you're like the 12 disciples. Jesus, that's a great parable. What does it mean? We're supposed to be filled with old and new, and a, a head of a household has treasures that are old and new. What does that mean? And I love that Jesus tells this last parable right after he asks his disciples, do you understand all these things I'm saying? And this is right before this, verse 52, verse 51, it says the disciples answered, yes, it's the first time. The first time out of all of, his, all of his parables, all of his teachings, he finally asked the disciples, do you understand the parable? And the disciples say, yes, we got it. He's like, oh, thank goodness, right? They're finally gaining something. They're learning something. And because they said yes and they actually learned something the first time, he says this parable. He says, all right, this is in response. This last parable is in response to their yes to understanding something. And so he says the kingdom of heaven is like a scribe. This is actually one of the few times that Jesus is actually giving praise towards the scribe. Most of the time you see Jesus blasting the scribes and the Pharisees, right? These well-educated religious people, right? They're whitewashed tombs. They look good on the outside, but they've got bones and death and decay in the inside. And so he's saying, man, I hate those scribes. I hate those people that are just, they're all religious, right? But they have no depth and no reality, no real relationship with Jesus. And that's what we are about at, at, G, at Osborne, right? That's our mission, is that we pursue a relationship with Jesus, right? We're pursuing a relationship. And so Jesus is saying, all right, the kingdom of heaven is like someone who's a student, a disciple who learns something. I know for me this last year, I had to learn more at school than I have in the last several years because I had four kids that were learning online and were at home and needed help. And so I had to do more math than I'm only used to doing, right? Normally I send them to school to do math. And now they're at home watching a video and they're saying, okay, dad, what does that mean, right? So I'm having to learn. There's something about Kids that are younger, they have to learn old things. Did you know that? You go to school to learn something old? You're learning something that somebody already figured out. You're learning history. You're learning math. Someone already figured out 2 plus 2 equals 4, and now you're figuring that out. You have to learn what somebody else already figured out. We have to learn the old. We've got to learn the old. And Jesus is saying, all right, there's an old covenant. There's an old way of doing things where you had to sacrifice lambs and all these things. There's an old way, and you better learn all that. But there's also a new thing. Jesus kept saying the kingdom of heaven is like this. You've got to learn old and new. You've got to learn both. I heard a pastor say this, and I 100% agree with him. He says, any truth you find in the New Testament, I can show you in the Old Testament. Any truth you find in the New Testament, I'll show you in the Old Testament. And Jesus is kind of bridging this. He is, he's in that bridge of the old and the new, right? The Gospels are in the New Testament. But Jesus came not to abolish the Old Testament, the law and the prophets. He came to fulfill them. Jesus learned. He memorized. He was a rabbi, which means he had to memorize the first five books of the Bible. 
Jesus memorized. He learned. Jesus, as our example, he learned the old, but he also brought the new. And I'm saying that for us, we've got to learn the old. The kids, they've got to learn old things. Guess what? Us old people, I keep putting myself old because I'm in my 40s, so I have gray hair now, so I'm saying I'm old. Whether you think I'm old or not, I consider myself old. Um, us old people, we've got to learn some new things. I'll tell you, I thought, you know, I worked in technology. I worked at t for almost 10 years. Like, I know technology. I'll tell you something. This last year, I had to learn some things for my kids. A 10-year-old knew more about technology than someone who'd been working in technology for 10 years. Us old people, we've got to learn new things. So I'm telling you, you kids, you better learn some things from old people. Us old people, you better learn some new things from some younger people. We don't like hearing that as old people because we like scripture that says wisdom comes with age, which is true. I'm not coming against that, right? We love all these things, that, but it also says that knowledge puffs up. There's all these things in scripture that have to bring brought into balance. And so I love, I love that we both have to learn. We are in this season of learning, this season of COVID, right? Things changing. The only thing that seems to be constant during this season is change. <laughs> That's the only thing that is constant is change. And I love this quote. There's this quote. Um, that I want to read to you. It'll be up on this slide, too. It's from Eric Hoffer. Don't really know the guy a, whole, a lot. Um, don't think he's actually saved and a believer. But he says this. He says, In times of change, learners inherit the earth, while the learned find themselves beautif- beautifully equipped to deal with a world that no longer exists. Some of you are laughing because some of you got it the first time. Some of us need to read that again. So I'm like, wait, the first time I read that, I was like, wait, I got to read it again. So I'm going to read it again for the slow 12 disciples like me. Some of you got it the first time. In times of change, are we living in times of change? All right. Our first time in a year back in here. This is a change. We're figuring out how to be socially distanced, wear a mask. We're figuring things out, right? This is a season of change. In times of change, learners inherit the earth. Those who learn the old and the new are going to inherit the earth, right? While the learned... Us old people who know things find themselves beautifully equipped for a world that no longer exists. Things are changing pretty rapidly. It's not just they're changing gradually. It's like exponentially faster and faster and faster. Things keep changing. And I'm saying we at Osmaber Church, we've got to learn. We've got to learn the new thing that God is doing. I love that scripture talks about how God is the ancient of days. There's no one older than God, right? He is the alpha. He is the beginning, right? He's the oldest being, but it also says he's the alpha and the omega. He is the end. He says often, I'm doing a new thing, right? He says all these things about, I'm the bright and morning star, morning star, right? He's the dawn, right? We are in the dawn of a new day. There's these things where God is saying, we've got to learn the old, but we also got to learn the new. And if we don't, we're going to be equipped for a world that no longer exists. And so I'm saying, as we come back and we figure out church again, we're not going back to church the way it used to be last year. There are old things that we did. We sang old songs. This is the day, right? I'll enter his gates. I love those old songs. We'll keep, I mean, okay, let's say this. Uh, all right, just, just a, a quiz. You could raise your hand here in the sanctuary. Raise your hand online. Um, if you know the rest of this line, let's see. Um, 
Up from the grave he arose with a mighty triumph for his foes. He arose a victor from the dark domain, and he reigns forever with his saints to raise. Stop. Do you know the next line? You know the next line? Raise your hand if you know the next line. Oh, that's so, I, Man, I feel old because <laughs> not everybody's raising their hand. What's the next line? He arose, he arose, hallelujah, Christ arose. Oh, man, you're making me feel good, some of you old people. Um, I'm saying I'm old, so I'm not calling you old. I'm saying I'm with you, right? All right, so we've got to learn. I'm not saying that at Osborne we're going to bring out all the hymns. We're going to sing nothing but hymns every single day. I'm not saying that, but I will say I love the hymns, and I have no problem singing hymns. But I also, oh, man, this is not in my notes, but I've also seen people on social media that are older, that love the old hymns like me, that they are trashing on the new songs. Oh, they have no depth. They have no doctrine. They don't have this. Then I'm like, oh, man, that hurts my heart because I love the old. But guess what? I also love the new. I want to learn both. You know what? My kids, they're stuck with it. They listen to hymns every single night going to bed. That's what they listen to. They're stuck with a dad who likes old songs. So they get to listen. Seriously, since they were babies, they listen to hymns every single night. That's what they listen to. I want them to learn the old, but I love that they learn the new. Let's see who can finish the rest of this newer worships line. Um, let's see. Oh, which one was I going to use? I had one written down. Um, we sing, come alive in the name of Jesus. Come alive. This is a house. Stop. Anybody know the next line? Next word? There's got to be somebody in here. Come on. No way. I'm the only one? You guys all got to learn some new songs. This is a house of miracles. Come on. This is a house of miracles. Um, there's a lot of new songs. I love that uh, Pastor Nick, man, there's a text where we keep going. It's like, oh, you got to listen to this new worship song I just heard, right? Because we just have worship music playing on while we're working, while we're doing other things, and YouTube will just bring up this new worship song I never heard before. I'm like, oh, I like that. And then we share it with each other. I'm telling you, you got to learn some new worship songs. Your pastor, your old pastor with gray hairs is telling you it's time to learn some new worship songs. Um, we've got to learn the old and new, and i got to keep moving on. <laughs> Point number two, not only do we have to learn the old and new, we have to value the old and the new. I'll just go on this theme of songs. I was talking about a hymn and a new worship song. Um, who here has an appreciation for rap music? All right, all right. Not the majority, but there's, there's, a good, there's a good handful in here. All right. For those of you that like rap music, do you like the new stuff or do you like the old school? The old school? Old school? Ah, oh, see, that's most of the hands are raised. See, I like the old school too. All right, but I'm talking about who knows some of the original old Christian rap music that probably wasn't so good. <laughs> I was asking somebody the other day, do you know who DC Talk is? They're like, no. I'm like, oh, man, how do you not know who DC Talk is? Right? They, like, were the inventor of Christian rap music. Um, and for me, I'm sure there's going to be, like, barely anybody. I saw Pastor Matt raise his hand. Let's see if he knows it. Because this is back when I was a kid, and I'm, young, I'm older than him. Does anybody know? You know he's doing it. Yo, who's doing it? God is doing a new thing. Anybody know that one? Oh, you're making me feel good. I love that song. I love that song. I love old rap music. I love that. Um, but I love those lines. They've been in my head all week long because of this message, the old and the new. And I love that that's scripture. They're rapping about scripture. 
God, behold, God is doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? And they're singing about it. It's pretty cheesy, but you, if some of you want to look it up, you could YouTube it. It's incredible, man. I, I almost was to put a, a, a line up here to watch you guys. I've been watching it. Um, really good stuff. Some of you guys know who Toby Mac is. He's still, right, Toby Mac? He's DC Talk. So just letting you know. Um, but I love this idea that we've got to have value. Some of you have value for the old school. Some of you really like the old stuff. You've got to learn how to have value for the new stuff. I love that this scripture, going back to Matthew again, it says it's like the master of a household who brings out treasures old and new. That master, that head of the household knows how to treasure or to value things that are old. There's some, uh, my oldest says he's getting ready to drive pretty soon. I think he's got years to go, but he thinks he's ready. Um, Some of you that are my age are actually older than me. If you had to pick between a 57 Chevy in mint condition or a brand new car, which would you rather have? 57 Chevy, come on, right? Even even what it's physically worth, right, dollar-wise, you'll get more money for a 57 Chevy in mint condition. It has more value. But these young kids, they'd see that and say, ah, it's an old car, I don't want that, right? So I'm telling you, the older generation, we've got to teach the younger generation to have a value for the old, There's some things that we've got to value that are old. But I'm telling you, older generation, you've got to increase your value of the new. There's some new things that God wants to do that you say, oh, that's not my preference. I don't have, that's not my taste. And God is saying, I don't care about your preference or taste. I'm doing a new thing. It's me. I'm God and I'm doing it. So therefore, you're going to like it because it's good. God is a good God. And all of his plans are good to prosper you, to give you a future and a hope. So he's saying, man, these new plans that are new, on the face of it, it might not be something you like or want. But God is saying, no, it's going to be new, and you've got to value it. These new things. I was thinking about, man, Pastor Matt. I don't want to let go past these youth. They don't want to see Pastor Matt go. They want to hold on to their old youth pastor. Can I tell you, it's a good thing that my youth pastor from 25 years ago is still not our youth pastor. He was great. I might say he was the best youth pastor ever, right? But his season has changed. Jamie Johnson should no longer be our youth pastor. I love the man. He's incredible. He shouldn't be our youth pastor anymore. He's old. I'm old. I used to be the youth pastor. I shouldn't be the youth pastor anymore. I'm old. I'm funny daddy. I don't know. I, I've, never, I've never tweeted in my life. I've never been on... Snapchat. I've never been on TikTok. I've never even seen a TikTok video. I don't fit the youth. I'm old, right? So we've got to have young blood. I was sharing with the youth. Pastor Matt, he's been the youth pastor for five years. In the church world, that's a long time. He's an old youth pastor. And I'm not saying out with the old. I'm just saying we've got to have value for the old. I love what I did in the youth group. But God wants to do a new thing. God doesn't want to keep doing the same thing over and over again. I love that God... Scripture makes this clear. He's a God who never changes. And yet Scripture keeps saying, Behold, my mercies are new every morning. Seasons change. But wait, he's a constant. I would say that God constantly is changing. He's consistent. He brings seasons. We've got to have value for the new, for the change. I I love... But we have to have value for the old. As I'm talking about Pastor Matt and changing guard or changing leadership, right away I think of Joshua chapter 1. Moses, 
You can't get any better than Moses, right? He's the leader. He's no longer the leader. Now there's a new leader, all right? They're going into new territory, new leader, new territory, new ways of doing things. But yet, what does God say to him in Joshua chapter 1, verse 7 and 8? He's saying, don't forget what Moses commanded you, verse 7. Verse 8, don't let this book of the law depart from your mouth. Meditate on it day and night. Don't forget the old. I'm doing a new thing, but don't forget the old. Pursue and value the new thing, but don't, let grab, don't forget the old. Bring it with you. And at the same time, I hear scriptures where Paul says, this one thing I've attained. I'm not perfect, but I've got this one thing. I forget the past. And I press towards the future. Wait a second. So am I supposed to forget the past or am I supposed to bring the old with me? Yes. Because a master knows what to treasure. A master knows what to value. Here's the thing of old that has value. Here's the thing of old that needs to be done away with. When I was a child, I spoke like a child. I thought like a child. I reasoned like, but when I became a man, I put away childish things. When you are a master, you know what's valuable and what's not. There are things that are old that you need to let go of. There are things that are old that you need to bring back into your life. And Jesus is saying, this is what the kingdom of heaven is all about. Jesus fulfilled all of the Old Testament. And yet he said, I don't want the sacrifices of blood anymore. I don't want animals being sacrificed anymore. That's old stuff. I am the Lamb of God. It is finished. There are things that are on the history before the cross, B.C., that don't belong A.D. Read Scripture, and God, Jesus is saying, man, a master understands. There's things we read in the Old Testament that are not for us today. And then there are things that transcend and go through the cross to the other side that are for us today. People get tripped up on this. I mean, I give you one that divides people, tithe and offering. That's Old Testament law. We're free from the law. Well, if you are a master of your household, you know what old things are of value that you're supposed to bring into the new. And I wish I, I could go through and I could show you all kinds of things how in the Old Testament, New Testament, they bring together. But I can't convince you, you have to become the master of your own household. You've got to know what to value. If you value having your own control of your finances, well, then yeah, tithe is an old thing. That's an old thing. But if you value the word of the Lord above your own personal preferences, man, this is not a tithing sermon. Um, but there's just so many things I feel like we've got to learn the value of old and new and understand this is a value, this isn't. And I'm saying for Osbeber Church, there are things that are part of our legacy and history that God is saying, don't you ever let go of that. Reading scripture, being disciplined to daily be in this word, that will never grow old. That will always be a fresh new thing for us. For every generation, we need to hold up this old written word from 2,000 years ago. There's the logos, the written word of God from 2,000 years ago, and then there's the new, the rhema word, which is the old word of God being spoken afresh and anew. So it's the old and the new coming together. I love that we're supposed to value these things. So that was point two. Point three. We pursue the new from the old. We pursue the new from the old. It's kind of what I was hitting just a second ago. There are old things 
that are meant to propel us into the new. There are old things that are going to trip you up and slow you down in the new. But the idea is that we're looking forward. We sang that song, right? We're moving forward, right? My eyes are on Jesus. I press towards the mark, right? There's these things that we are always future-oriented. We're looking forward to the day that Jesus returns, right? I know a lot, all the more this last year, looking more and more forward to the day Jesus returns. But as I go back to Scripture, I see that he's written all kinds of things about what happens when he returns. In the last days, I will pour out my spirit on all flesh. There's things that I want to pursue the new because I know the old. I guess maybe it's a semantic thing. I'm not pursuing the old. I'm pursuing the new. But it's because I have value the old, I'm going to keep bringing the old into what the new is. I'll see if I can explain this better. Jesus, like I said, he fulfilled scripture. There were prophecies about Jesus hundreds and thousands of years before Jesus was born. And Jesus fulfilled, I don't even remember, I, I learned this at one point, does anybody know a scholar better than me? How many, is it in the thousands or is it in the hundreds? How many prophecies Jesus fulfilled in his 33 years of life here on earth? I don't know, it's a lot. That's all, I don't know the exact number. I used to have that memorized, I don't remember anymore. Um, it's a lot. But I love that the prophecies in the Old Testament, New Testament, these things that were written 2,000 years ago, there's things that I can read and I can pull those prophetic words into my present day. Do you know that sometimes when Isaiah was prophesying, he was talking about the current king, Josiah, or whoever it might be. But then Jesus ultimately fulfilled it better than Josiah did. And yet there's things that are still being fulfilled now and in the future that are connected to those same prophetic words. There are old prophetic words that have yet to be fulfilled. So I am pursuing the new from the old. There are new prophetic words that are going to be spoken in this church and over this church. But every new prophetic word that's going to be spoken has to be grounded in the old. There's no way I'm going to teach some new doctrine. God, this is the revealed word of God. He's not going to reveal something that doesn't line up with the old word of God. Every new word from God is going to line up perfectly with the old word. But I'm not pursuing all the old. No, I'm pursuing the future. I'm pursuing the new. I'm going after the new, but I'm valuing the old. And so it's from the old that I have context and understanding for the new thing that God is doing. Is that making sense? I feel like I'm somewhat making sense, but not completely. There's things in my heart that I don't know are fully being revealed, even to myself yet. We've prayed this several times. There are scriptures written on the cement under your feet. There are scriptures written on the walls behind the drywall, behind the paint. There's scriptures, there are prayers that have been in this sanctuary for, like I said, almost 70 years. Some of them, they were prayed, prophesied, prayed over, and fulfilled in the past. And some of those things I'm saying, the word of God is living and active those same prophetic words that we say, oh, it was already fulfilled. No, they're going to be fulfilled. We sing those songs, right? That the future, the latter is going to be greater than the former. Sometimes that's hard for me. When I look at the history of Osborne, we're redoing our missions thing in the, in the foyer. That we're going to see something in the next several weeks. There's things, man, this church has had its fingerprints all over the nations. 
Man, even as I'm interviewing for new youth pastors, I'm meeting a guy for the very first time, and we're talking. And as we begin to talk, he's like, oh, my goodness. My grandparents used to come to this church. I didn't even know that. There's all this connect. Osborne is so connected. There are so many things that have happened in this church over the last 70 years that some of you have no idea. And the legacy is beautiful, but I'm saying God is saying no. As much as that's valuable, the new thing, pursue the new thing. God is about to do something new in this place that far exceeds the old. This came up in my prayer time, not in my notes again, but I, often I think about the story of Zerubbabel. I've shared this before. That is, the people come back from exile. There was the Solomon's temple, which was white. It was like one of the wonders of the world. People from all over the world came to see Solomon, all of his wisdom. and he, had, he was the richest man in the world, and he built this temple for God. Beautiful, right? Architecture, gold, everything was beautiful, and it was destroyed. And all the people are in exile, and as they come back, everything is gone. All the gold is stripped. Everything's down to rubbles. And so they're trying to repair and rebuild a next temple. And as they are, the old generation sees the formation of the of the, the foundation. They see that there's not gold. They see all what's missing and they begin to weep. And it says at the same time, the new generation is seeing something being built. They've been in exile all their life. They've never known anything different and now they're seeing something new established and they're rejoicing. I'm saying some of us as old people, we see things the way they didn't used to be and we get sad and discouraged. And God is saying, no, would you put on this new joy? I'm building something. Zerubbabel, I love it. It says he was told to shout grace to the capstone. He said, no, what you have started right now, you began building. But the capstone, the very last piece of the temple, start shouting grace to it. Because he's saying the latter is going to be greater than the former. That's where that scripture comes from, that story. The latter will be greater than the former. And people are like, the old people are saying, there's no way. If you've got all the gold in the world, you still can't compare to all the gold that Solomon had. It just can't happen. And God is saying, no, I am saying it. The latter will be greater than the former. And at first, those first few years, it didn't look greater. But the second temple, that's where Jesus visited. The Son of God worshipped in the second temple. The Son of God was circumcised on the eighth day in the second temple. It was far greater than the first temple. I'm telling you, what God wants to do at Osnabrück Church, the greater things are ahead of us. We are pursuing the greater things. We don't lose value for the old things. We say, no, those things are value. We're bringing with us to the new. And i got to bring this into context because I feel like I, this word is not just for Osnabrück Church. This word is a word for you personally. Some of you have some old things in your life that you need to let go of. They need to die. I'm actually, I, I want to shift some things. I had some other things I was going to say. I don't know if I'll say them or not because we're winding down. I don't, I don't want this service to go long. But I want the Holy Spirit to speak to you. I've been saying lots of things and I feel a little bit like I, I'm just being honest with you. I don't feel like you're doing a bad job. I don't feel like I'm doing a bad job. I just feel like there's things in my heart that aren't fully being communicated. So I need the Holy Spirit to come, right? So would you, this is a little, this is change, right? The only thing that's constant is change. This is a little different. Would you pray with me again that the Holy Spirit would seal what he's trying to say to each one of us? So Lord, I want to learn. As that was our first point, I want to learn 
the old and the new. I want to know how to value from the old what needs to be valued and then devalue what does need to be valued. God, I want to value the new and there's things this earth and this world is saying are the new and trendy things that I should have no value for. So Holy Spirit, I need discernment. But in my heart, God, I'm saying with that third point, I'm ready for whatever you want to do. We sang that song and I say it again in my heart. I am ready for the new. I want the new. In Jesus' name, amen. So there's scriptures about this pursuing the new that I, I feel like I do need to hit before I go into that last thing I was about to say. I think I've said a lot of these. Revelation 21.5, Jesus declares, this is the very end of the Bible. Behold, I make all things new. Even this earth, the old earth and the old heaven shall pass away. He'll create a new earth and a new heaven. Everything in life needs an upgrade. Your current relationship with God needs an upgrade. Your current view and identity of yourself needs an upgrade. You need new lenses to see yourself differently. There's things about your old life that you still view yourself an old way. And God is saying, no, today is a day you begin to see yourself differently. Behold, I make all things new. I said this one, 2 Corinthians 5, 17. If anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Isaiah 43, 19. I've said this several times already. I am doing a new thing. Do you not perceive it? I'll share this last one. Proverbs 25, 2. It's the glory of God to conceal a matter. And it's the glory of kings to search it out. I remember hearing that for the first term as a kid. I read through the Proverbs all the time. I remember hearing that. I'm like, I don't get that. I was one of those 12 disciples hearing the parables. And I'm like, I don't get it, God. I don't know that I had the full understanding of it, but I got a lot more understanding now than I did before. God is saying he's not hiding things from you. He's hiding things for you. There are things in this old book that are for you that you have not discovered yet. There are things about your identity. I don't care if you're 99 years old. There are things about who God has created you that you have not discovered yet. It's our glory as kings and priests to search it out. We're on a journey to search out the new. So now I'll get back to closing the service in a sense. Asking the Holy Spirit to make this real. Because I, I call this an activation. I'm sharing up here. I'm talking, giving, throwing verses at you. But I want us to be doers of the word, not hearers only, right? I want the Holy Spirit to activate something because I know I've shared with you this morning. I've sat in that pew and nothing changed in my life. I'm so guilty of that. But I don't want that to be a pattern. I want that to be a pattern that every time I come to church, I'm learning something new. And not only am I learning it, I'm actually applying it to my life. It's actually changing the way I live my Monday and the rest of the week. So I'm believing that as I close this service, there's something that is activated inside of us. As I just said, there are some of you that have old things that need to die. What are the old things that need to be done away with? Some of you, maybe you need to write that down. Online, write it down. Maybe just write down that question and meditate and chew on that and process that this afternoon, this week. What are the old things in my life that don't have value, that I keep putting value over? 
They need to die. What old things need to be resurrected in your life? I'm just giving you an example. For me, I know when I was some of my kids' age, teenage, junior high, high school age, man, I fell asleep listening to worship music, not hymns. My parents didn't make me listen to hymns, but I chose on my own to put on my disc man with my headphones. And, um, and I would fall asleep just worshiping God. And I loved, I mean, I, I can get emotional right now because the presence of God, that's where I learned the presence of God. I felt like a little bit like, not to the same degree, but a little bit like David tending the sheep. I just began to spend time in God's presence. I wasn't studying and learning scripture. I wasn't going to church. It was just me on my own. God, I, I want to know your presence. And talk about old. Man, I listened to some old integrity, Hosanna music. But those old songs have great depth and meaning in my life because that's where I met the Lord. Some of you need to resurrect some old habits. Some of you need to die to old habits and resurrect new habits. What are the old things that you need to value in your life? Switching it, new things. There are some new things that God is doing that if you're honest, you're not really excited about. You're actually a little bit fearful of. God's a big God. Talk to him about it. God, I don't like the new things that I see happening in my country. I don't always make it about politics, but there's new things that are happening that we don't like. This whole last year was a new thing, learning how to wear masks and distance. I don't like all those things, God. And I'm not saying they're all our God making it happen, but God is in the midst of this and he's not done. I wish I could say that today, we are done with the old things of the whole last year, right? It's been one year since we came back to the sanctuary. Oh, thank goodness that whole season is done with us. I don't think God's done with the season yet. God's still doing some new things, and we don't always like it. But talk to God about it. God, I, I have some fears, some things I don't like. I'll be honest with you. In two weeks, we're having our annual business meeting. There's some things your pastor has done where I've changed some bylaws. <gasps> I've updated things. That can be scary. I understand I want to be gracious as I present those to you. But I want you to know there are new things. We're getting a new youth pastor. That's hard for the youth. I want to be compassionate and gracious as the youth have to find a new youth pastor. There are new things that it's not wrong and evil and bad that you're fearful of, but talk to the Lord about it. He is doing a new thing. He is making all things new. Everything needs to be refreshed and reborn and made new. It's not bad that God is doing something new. You need to hear that. Don't let fear, right? I've heard some people, they're, they're getting ready to retire. There's things that are changing. There's new things that God wants you to step into. There's new ministries that God is calling you to that you're saying, I don't feel qualified. Talk to him about it. It's okay to be afraid of the new, but as long as you keep pursuing the new. And I'll finally end. What are some new things you are excited about? Let's get excited about the new. Share those things with one another. I didn't know how to end the service. I was going to maybe have some of you guys talk to each other and share those four questions. I'm thinking I'm not going to do that this morning where we're actually getting groups. It's a little hard with COVID and masks. But I encourage you. Would you talk to somebody else, not just talk to the Lord? Would you talk to somebody about those four questions? What are some old things that need to die, some old things that need to be resurrected? What are some new things you're fearful of and some new things you're excited about? Begin a conversation. You didn't come here just 
to have pastor preach at you. You came here to see some friends. Talk to somebody. Before you leave, talk to somebody. If you need prayer, come on up and pray with some leaders. Do we have time to end in a worship song? Are we ready for that, Daniel? We have a worship band that can come up. I know I told them we might not end in a worship song so they weren't ready, so I apologize. But God's doing something new. The only thing that's constant is change. Um, as they're getting ready, I'll share this one last thought. I had a dream, not Martin Luther King Jr. I had a dream. Um, I had a dream several years ago seeing this old, over 100-year-old house, but it was a two-story, beautiful, big craftsman house, like big cedar beams, and like everything was foundation structurally sound, but it was old. It was dated, right? The floor was kind of warped, and the, the paint was peeling, and it, I mean, it looked dated, right? Like, oh, man, this thing needs an update. And in my dream, there was this owner of the house that connects to the verse we just read, right? The owner of this house, in my dream, was having so much fun taking out some of the old drywall, ripping up old carpets, and updating, putting new copper wiring in, putting new copper pipes in, right? All the different things, updating everything from the interior, but keeping the old craftsman look, keeping the arches, keeping the big beams, keeping the wood floors. There were things of old that were still valuable. And there were things that were old that, man, that thing still need to get gutted and replaced. And in this dream, I... I woke up thinking, this is the church. This is the church. This is what we're doing. You and I, we are in a season. The foundation is sound at Osmeaver Church. You are in a good, healthy church. The foundation is sound. But God wants to update some things. I don't mean we're going to repaint the walls here. I mean, spiritually, there are things that are doing. I don't know if you caught it during worship. I felt some new things happening in worship. An increased freedom in dancing, in moving around in pews. You got more room in your pews than ever before. Let's maybe use that room. We got kids in here for a reason because they're not afraid to dance and shout and have fun. We got some old people in here for a reason because they have depth and know how to worship the Lord not just with fun but with meaning. But it becomes beautiful when the old is valued and the new is valued and they're both brought out. So that's what the Lord is doing in this place. That's what the Lord wants to do in your house, in your very life. Can you stand with me as we close the service and sing this last worship song?